The following is a presentation of WAER Sports, the original home of the Orangemen. Hi, this is John Smith. I've been doing mornings here at WAER for 14 years now. And what I never knew when I came to this station in the fall of 2006 were the amount of talented students I would get to work with. I could have never guessed how many friendships would develop over time. When students get cleared for sportscasts, they're on with me first during the mornings, and it's terrific to hear the progression over time after they walk in with mere dreams and sometimes not much experience. I can directly relate to that because my first job was an on-air announcer at age 16. The pressure is immense. When I first opened that mic, I recall, and I ran the board of a 100,000-watt radio station, well, now I get to see the careers of so many that have come through our doors and become successful. I always enjoyed Syracuse University basketball, but it wasn't until I started working here 14 years ago that I would know about the passion and dedication of our WAR sports department. So not only do I root for the Orange, I'm also rooting for everyone who assists to produce our game broadcast, our own team working together. It's amazing to hear young talent with their play-by-play -play skills just forget that thousands might be listening and get settled in behind that mic. Once that happens, it's pure broadcast magic. And these are truly some of the nicest individuals I've ever met. A special shout out to the class of 2020 who prematurely had to end their broadcast once sports were canceled for the season. You all have very bright futures ahead and I'll be looking for you and listening for you it was a real pleasure working with you and getting to know all of you. Don't be strangers. Thanks, John. Those are the first words most of us say on air at WAER. On the other side of the glass, John's this comforting smile while your legs shake during your first cast. Welcome to Talk Back. I'm Cooper Boardman. To a lot of us, John is a teacher, and he's also a friend. It's that smile, it's tips on how to use the microphone or how to command your voice. His words carry weight, and who knows if he expected that when he got to WAER in 2006. Today on TalkBack, the sentiments you just heard from John Smith are important. We'll talk with a couple of people who went to Syracuse, left Syracuse, and now teach back in Syracuse giving back to the students John greets with a grin every single morning. Matt Park, SU and WAER class of 1997, grew up in Chittenango, so about a 30-minute ride west from there all the way to the Carrier Dome. And if you made that ride on any fall Saturday afternoon and you flip to the right station, you'll hear the voice of the Orange. Dungey takes the snap, scans the secondary, throws over the middle, has Irv wide open, 45-40, green in front, right down the middle, untouched, and 66 to the house, and the lead for the Orange. Parks from Central New York, and of course went to Syracuse, but he didn't make his way to WAER until his second year at SU. I didn't know what I was really getting into, I knew it was the right place to be. Um, I had an opportunity to stick with the small town radio station uh, around the area here that I'd worked with in high school and so my freshman year of college I, I wasn't involved in WAER at all uh, I uh, would on the weekends I'd kind of go back and I'd work games you know in Oneida a small town you know just kind of local high school stuff around here uh, and I didn't know I didn't know what it was I didn't know how to place to be 
be, I didn't know what you were supposed to major in if you wanted to be a play-by-play announcer or whatever. It's not like they, and it just wasn't the well-oiled machine that it is now. I just didn't think it was that clear, at least not to me, and I probably didn't ask the right questions and approach it uh, certainly the way you guys do now. Um, so I started at WAR as a sophomore, so you spent that next year as, you know, kind of the writer and working your way up, and then I escalated quickly to be, you know, in, in sort of the leadership group of the of our class, and, and so the, those leaps, you know, from into the junior year and senior year and, and that type of thing, and I, I certainly got my share of experiences, but had I started right away as a freshman, which is what I recommend to everybody now, um, I yeah, I think I could have had a little more bite of the apple. I, I probably could have, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I got my share, and, and uh, it's been fun. That share came after Matt Park left Syracuse initially. He called minor league baseball in Syracuse, in Rochester, Binghamton, Auburn, and even filled in with the San Diego Padres. Broadcasting baseball takes you everywhere, to all those places, as you try to move from A-ball all the way up to the big leagues. But SU has a way of pulling you back. So as I'm kind of climbing the, the baseball ladder, you know, you want to be involved and widen out your experiences and other things. And so football and basketball, I was, you know, doing on the side as those opportunities arose and always kind of keeping in mind uh, what was happening uh, back here at Syracuse. So um, for me, absolutely, you know, this has been kind of a, uh, when I was a kid, certainly a dream opportunity. You don't know if that's ever really going to materialize in, in real life, but uh, I was fortunate to, to kind of be in the right right place at the right time that it clicked. And it's been clicking since 2003. That's when Park joined Syracuse's sports network. Then a year later, he became the play-by-play voice of the football and the men's basketball teams. And for a guy that's from fewer than 20 miles away from SU, that's not just a job. He's lived the whole thing. I don't know that I'm interested in trading my position for one at another school where that one would just feel more like a job. Like, I, I could... You know, you, you name it, whatever, whatever school you want. I, I feel like I could swoop in and do a good job there, but then it wouldn't really tie in with my own hobby or passion, if that makes any sense. I mean, whatever job I had, I'd be following certain sports. But because it is my job now, it, um, it overlaps in a very natural way and allows for me to do this job a little bit differently than I would anywhere else. And Dungy takes one more knee. The Orange pour out onto the field. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange lead the entire game and hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson, winners of 11 in a row. The final score is the Cuse 27, Clemson 24. I've seen all the games and heard all the stories and met a lot of the people um, to where it's just kind of a natural uh, integration, and, and I hope that comes through in the broadcast that, um, you know, I'm not faking it because it's my job. I Whatever passion I have up, down, sideways uh, is, you know, born in from a long time. The other part of Matt Park's passion has to do with teaching. W8ER process in particular is set up like this perpetual classroom. You're taught by the older students how to do it for part that came from people like Dan Horde and Dave Ryan. And then you become an upperclassman. And when you do that, you return the favor. Park's basically done that on a larger scale. He teaches at the Newhouse School, including a couple of play-by-play classes. And he's a huge part of the ACC Network Extra operation at Syracuse, where he mentors the current student broadcasters. My dad was a teacher. It's kind of 
my uh, nod to him to to be involved in that a little bit and to, and to try to you know you, you help everybody the best you can and try to stay out of the way of the ones who uh, who already kind of know what they're doing. So uh, hopefully it's always going to be part of of what I do while I'm here and and it, it goes both ways. It it, uh, it gives back to me because I, I've got to be sharp and, and set the proper example. I mean, those, those are types of things that I uh, think about. I, I don't want to be telling uh, students to, to do something a certain way and then not do it that way myself or, or be hypocritical. So um, hopefully it keeps me young and keeps me involved in, in uh, you know, the, the cutting edge and what, what everybody's doing. And, you know, students now, each generation is probably better than the ones before. I mean, I think the average talent level or, or work product of a WADR person now is probably better than it was 20 years ago and I would hesitate to say 20 years before that because if you go back in the, the golden age of the 80s when there were so all of those talented Hall of Fame type people that that's a maybe different story but uh, you know you guys are benefiting by the, the cycle of uh, of all of this kind of knowledge and helpfulness getting uh, getting passed down. So whatever role I can play in that, I'm happy to do it. That's a cycle that's true at ACC Network Extra, at WAER, and at the Daily Orange, which is where Rich Semini got his start. Semini is the New York Jets beat reporter for ESPN, also a longtime columnist for the Daily News. And just like Park, Semini is now a professor at Newhouse where he teaches a sports journalism class during the football offseason. The interesting thing is, you know, we're supposed to be teaching the students, but, you know, the instructor, you know, me, you, you learn things too along the way. And uh, I had some really good guests, you know, Pete Thamel is a guy, you know, I, I used to know him when he was on the Daily Orange. I'm dating myself a little bit here, but he was always that little eager to know, very inquisitive reporter from the Daily Orange who used to hang out with us when I was covering an NCAA tournament. He was always asking me questions. And now to have him come back, I think he's the foremost college football and basketball reporter in the country. And to have him come on to my, into my classroom and to teach my students is kind of like a weird full circle thing. And I really enjoy that. And I also had uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, this year, um, you know, one of my colleagues at ESPN, and I've known him for a long time. Uh, even though he's a, not a Syracuse guy, I let him on on the call. But uh, of course, he's the top in his field, and you always learn, you know, reporting tips and things that you know you could incorporate into your own job just from having people like that on in the classroom. So I texted a student in Rich Samini's class to ask what it was like, and basically they said the class teaches you how to have an opinion. And write about that opinion, which makes sense because that's what Samini's been doing for decades. He graduated in 1985. He started covering the Jets in 1989. And now he's the longest tenured beat writer in the history of the franchise. With all that said, coming back to where Samini spent the early 80s still means something to him. You know what? When I go up to Syracuse in the spring, unfortunately not this spring because of the pandemic, but when I go back to teach, or in the fall, if I go back to a homecoming game like I did, you know, against Clemson last year, uh, there's always, you know, I always get, uh, you know, kind of goosebumps, even when I'm driving up, you know, driving up the hill to go onto campus. And after all these years, it's still a special place. It's really hard to describe. It feels like going home every time I go back there, even so sometimes it might be months or even years, 
that I'm there. Every time I go back, it's special. You run into uh, old professors, uh, old friends like myself, alumni. So really, really a special place. There's an obvious pipeline from that special place, Syracuse. And it's the one that Rich Samini took, the pipeline from central New York to New York City. It makes sense, right? Same state, a drive that takes about four hours, a flight that gets you there in one. And when you get there, you figure out real quick that New York City is different, especially in sports. New York is just, uh, it's, it's a different because there's, I've heard so many coaches say this to me all the time. There's so many of us, you know, uh, the people, like you cover the Jets and there's, there's a minimum of nine beat writers there every day, you know, and that's a slow day. You know, oftentimes papers will send two and three people. So you could have 20, 25 people covering the Jets on any given day, not even for a special day, just a normal day. Whereas in Indianapolis, you might have two or three beat writers. And so it's a completely different dynamic. The competition is intense. Uh, I don't feel it as much now because I'm working for ESPN. You know, we're more of a national platform. But when I work for the Daily News, let me tell you, the Daily News and New York Post competition in those days, uh, the tabloid wars, uh, which sadly are pretty much over because the Daily News is hanging by a thread. You know, they've undergone so many changes because of financial reasons. But back in the day, it was an intense competition. And when you wake up in the morning, you know, this is, I'm dating myself in the pre-Twitter and pre-internet days, you know, you wake up in the morning, you walk out to your driveway and you pick up newspapers and I pick up the New York Post and you read it. And if the back page beats, if you get beat on the back page, you just feel sick. I mean, you just, you get nauseous. You want to throw up because, you know, your competition beat you. And there's nothing you can do about it until the next day's paper because there's no internet. You can't just post something immediately. You have to suffer for a full day. And so the competition in New York was, was just really, really intense. And I still feel it to, to some degree, but you know, at ESPN, we, we like to think we're above everyone else. It's kind of a, somewhat of an arrogant you know, position, but uh, you know, we are a national outlet, really international. So it's a little different perspective, but yeah, man, that nothing beats that competition to, you know, get your juices flowing. That back page competition still exists just in different ways. It's breaking news on Twitter or it's television hits on ESPN. Every day we ask Adam about Sam's progress. And the other day he had a line, I'll clean it up a little bit. He said, he goes, he's 22 years old and he can throw the bleep out of the ball. As print decline and digital media began to knock, Samini made a leap, which at the time was a risk. I thought I would have more trouble with it than I did being more of an old school guy. I mean, when I worked at the Daily Orange, we had manual typewriters, okay? So we didn't even have electric typewriters, we had manual. So I'm an old school journalist. So when I made that transition, I was a little concerned at how it would go. And I remember when I walked into my exit, when I walked into the editor in chief's office at the Daily News to tell him I was thinking of taking this job, and he tried to talk me out of it. And this was in 2010. And he said, you know, the internet, uh, I don't know, man, you're gonna go, it's, it's totally different. It's nothing like newspapers. You don't have the exposure. Your articles will appear and then they'll disappear. You really wanna go into that? And 
he didn't obviously talk me out of it. I took the job anyway, and um, I love it. You know, I love the immediacy of it. I love all the different platforms. Uh, for instance, you know, with this Jamal Adams jet story is, is a very newsworthy story right now. Um, last week, I was on Scott Van Pelt's show at 1130 at night uh, on NFL Live on Friday to, to talk about Jamal Adams. Is this a situation where it's, it's really just the contract or is there something else going on with Adams and the team that could end up forcing their hand? Money is always the number one reason in this. And I think Jamal clearly wants to be the number one paid safety in the league. I think he really wants to go past. And so I love having all those different platforms at ESPN. And to me, it turned out to be a seamless transition. That's a point of pride, and it should be. And that, in part, is the pride of both people on this week's episode. New York City is constantly pushing, never sleeping. It's a lightning pace, never-ending news cycle that's demanded by the 8 million people who live in Manhattan and those who are touched by the impact of that island. And Syracuse, in some cases, it feeds that cycle. It's a place to learn for someone like Rich Samini, where Saturdays in the Carrier Dome provide a groundwork for the back page on Mondays eventually. And for both Samini and Matt Park, Syracuse is the place to return to to get goosebumps when you walk up the hill, but also to learn and teach in the place where they first learned and taught. Thanks for joining us for our 12th episode. A reminder, subscribe to TalkBack on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a huge thank you to Matt Park, Rich Samini, and, of course, John Smith for their time. This was a WAER Sports Podcast produced by Carl Moglein, along with reporting from Corey Berberian and Corey Spector. I'm Cooper Boardman. We'll talk to you next week.